You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome. Excuse me. Woo. Gentlemen, do you know what time it is? It's time. Time for what? Something big. Something so big. We. <laughs> Were you scared? Tell me honestly. Do you want to know what it is at the movies? What? At the movies. What's that? Very good movies. Movies? I haven't been to the movies in ages. Mm-mm. This is for church. At the movies. Church. Movies. Church. You're a match made in heaven. Let's all go to the movies. Yeah! Brilliant, brilliant. How is everybody doing? Who's excited for Lamingtons after the service? Oh, who, oh, come on. Who's excited for Lamingtons after the service? I will not be participating. Um, I have had two reminders this week that I may be putting on weight. My son this week said to me, I'm not going to eat the whole bag of tiny teddies because I don't want to be fat like daddy. And then this, this morning... A wonderful parishioner said to me, oh, Brett, it's so good to see you filling out. And um, so I think I'll just have a water, thanks. Um, It's all good. And uh, hey, how good was it to see Matt Spark on drums? So he walks like Tim, but he's got style. So I I just had to almost double take. I was like, hang on a minute. It's great to see that God has raised up a stylish spark and... um, It's all right. Um, so it is Australia Day weekend, and um, regardless of you know the origin or the history of the day, Australia is the greatest place on earth. Um, if you disagree, um, Tim Spark will see you in the car park. Um, but and uh, so it would be it would it would be remiss of me if I didn't do an Australian movie. And so I'm probably going to do the most Australian movie that you can ever do. It's going to be great. It's, it's so many lines that you'll know. And if you haven't seen this movie, you need to go home and this is your homework. You need to go and watch this movie. Um, it will cause you to give your heart to Australia. Um, the movie cost $750,000 to make. Now, you can buy a property out at Boona for $750,000, just to kind of put that into perspective. Made $10 million in the first two weeks in the box office, and it's an Australian movie. The Kerrigans, one of Australia's most loved families in cinema, and uh, home to so many classic lines like, tell him he's dreaming. How much do you want for him? Jousting sticks. How much he want for him? Seven fifty. Tell him he's dreaming. Um, and uh, so, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to unpack the castle, that great Australian film, and we're going to we're somehow going to tie it into scripture somehow. And uh, so, bear with me while we do that. But I actually believe that that Daryl Kerrigan has a representative in scripture. 
There is a person who is Daryl Kerrigan in Scripture. So we're going to unpack that. And, uh, you know, to the casual observer, The Castle is a movie about the Aussie battler fighting the government, the David and Goliath story of the guy that just stood his ground and didn't give an inch. But there's so much more to this movie. And I think the reason that it resonates with Australians so much is that there is so much more in terms of the theme. So we'll watch some of the best bits. I do, I think I will spoil the movie, but sit back and relax. And we want to have a look at how we can launch into 2019 and have the same spirit that the Kerrigans have, despite whatever troubles take place. So let's check out our first clip. More, darling? Oh, no. No, that was beautiful. What do you call that? Ice cream. Yeah, but, but what you've done with it. What'd you do to it? Scooped it out the punnet. Did I do the right thing? Oh, yeah, sweetheart, you did the right thing. 25 grand, Dad. Yeah, but not that way, Steve. We're not going to take the money. I want to tell you a story. Oh, good. About how your father and I met. I know this one. Not all of it, Dale. You see, I used to go out with a very handsome young man, well-to-do, called Bob Thompson. Big Bob Thompson. What's he doing now, eh? Putting in fence posts in Adelaide. (laughs) He runs a construction company. So he says. Well, anyway, one night he took me to the Greyhounds. He put on a real show. We ate at the carvery. What did you have? Uh... Pork. Anyway, we had wine, champagne. He put on all my bets and he was just sweeping me off my feet. And, and I wouldn't have been at all surprised if he popped the question. Well, anyway, later on, and I don't know what it was, but out of the corner of my eye, I spotted this lanky bloke struggling with one of his greyhounds. Red Rocket. That's you, Dad. Now, Bob, he went off to talk to one of the stewards and this young fella, he comes right up to me and starts chatting to me and, and, and he asks me out. And I said, well, I'm on a date. Well, he backed right off. He said he wasn't cutting anyone's lunch and he wished me good night. And I thought, that man has principles. And from that day on, I've only had eyes for one man. Hook, line and sinker. <laughs> and that's what I love about him, his principles. So we're not taking the money, Steve. Such a he's such a hero, Daryl Kerrigan. He's a hero. I want to have a look at a scripture. It's found in Matthew seven verses twenty four to twenty seven, and I'll read it from the Message version. It says this: These words I speak to you, you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who builds his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, and a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. When a storm rolled in, the waves came up and it collapsed like a house of cards. My question tonight is, where is your castle fixed? For Daryl Kerrigan, his home was his castle. 
And, and even though it was beside an airport, everything revolved around this house. And, and, and so in this scripture, it's saying that a, a wise carpenter is somebody who builds their house on the rock. And in, in the same way, a wise person builds their life on the rock. See, Jesus is not using a house here in terms of the physical bricks and mortar, but what he is talking about is where do we take our refuge? Where do we have our foundation? Where do we find our shelter? That's what he's talking about when he's talking about that home. He's ultimately talking about where our decisions come from. Where do our decisions come from when times get tough? Are they from whatever is going on in our world or do they come from the solid foundation of the rock? And, and so what we would, we would call this in church speak, the heart. That is, where, where is our heart fixed on? Where is our heart based? Where do we find refuge for our heart? And, uh, you know, you can start building your home long before you have a house deposit or a bond. You can start defining what your future is going to be like long before you start pouring the slab of a house. And the title of my my message tonight is, A Person's Heart is Their Castle. A person's heart is their castle. It won't be where you live necessarily, but where your heart is, that is where your castle is. And so my question to you tonight is, where is your castle fixed? Where do you make your decisions from, not what do you allow to happen to you? Where does your castle fit? And as as Daryl's wife, I forget her name, said that he's a man of principles. He's a man of principles, and that's why she fell for him. And uh, I want to I pull two principles from Daryl's life, and, and then, like the Scripture says, put them into practice. Because that, that, as that Scripture says, but if you use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who builds his house on the sandy beach. And so we want to take that, take the principles from Daryl's life and put them into our lives and have put legs on it and look at what it looks like. So let's go to the second clip. And just before we go there, uh, this is a long clip, but this is the intro to the movie. But it's going to highlight one of the core principles that Daryl lives his life by and one of the core principles that if we put into practice, I believe it's scriptural and biblical in its application. So let's check it out. My name is Dale Kerrigan, and this is my story. Our family lives at 3 Highview Crescent, Coolaroo. Dad bought this place 15 years ago for a steal. As a real estate agent said, location, 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 and we're right next door to the airport. It will be very convenient if we ever have to fly one day. Dad still can't work out how he got it so cheap. It's worth almost as much today as when we bought it. Our Crescent was going to be the heart of a major housing development, but it never got up. They reckon the planes put people off. Them and the power lines. Not Dad. He reckons power lines are a reminder of man's ability to generate electricity. He's always saying great things like that. That's why we love him so much. Dad is the backbone of the Kerrigan family. He made our billiard table shot, Dale. In fact, he's built half this house. 
He's always planning extensions. I reckon we need a patio. Oh, Dal, how, how about we finish the back room first? No, nah, I'm waiting on some cheap cladding. I reckon we give the patio another go. Dad is a tow truck driver, one of the best in the game. He takes great pride in his work. And he comes home with so many stories. See, that the car was wrapped around the pole, so I said, why not hook the chain on the back axle? See, no one had thought of it. If Dad is the backbone, Mum is the other bones. All of them. She keeps the family together. Dad adores Mum and Mum adores him. They met at the Greyhounds one night and it was love at first sight. Mum just loves craft and she can pretty up just about anything. Spray can and stencil, Dale, that's all you need. You could sell that. Dad always reckons Mum could open a shop, but she has a good part-time job in the office at Sunbeam. Dad reckons Mum is the greatest cook on earth. What do you call that, Dale? Sponge cake. Beautiful. And what's that stuff on top? Icing sugar. How is it, kids? Now, why would you want to go out to a restaurant when this keeps coming up night after night? I have two brothers and a sister, all older than me. Steve is an apprentice mechanic, but he spends most of his time reading the trading post. He just loves yeah. buying and trading. Ergonomic chairs, four of them. What's he want? 180. He's dreaming. Him and Dad really know bargains. Steve is also an ideas man. That's why Dad calls him the ideas man. He has lots of ideas. It's a motorcycle helmet with a built-in brake light. You are an ideas man, Steve. Dad thinks all of us are tremendous, but I guess it's no secret that Tracy's his favourite. How do I look, Dad? Dad just loves her. You look beautiful. Thanks, Dad. Tracy is the only girl in the family, yeah. apart from Mum and Gran. Tracy constantly gave Dad proud moments. Once she was on the prices right. It was such an exciting afternoon for us. None of us could actually believe it was Tracy up there with Larry Emdia. $45,000 worth of prizes. The luggage needs to be more than 640. It needs to be less than 740. She almost won the lot. Go! Oh! If only she'd known the price of the luggage. I'm so sorry about that. But she still managed to come home with a tumble dryer and drill set. She is the only member of the Kerrigan family who'd had a tertiary education. Dad reckons the day Trace told him she'd been accepted into Sunshine Tafe hairdressing was about the proudest day of his life. I knew he thought about that a lot. There were only two places he did his thinking. In the pool room and out the back, looking up at the power lines. Yep, Dad's a real thinker. But the proudest day was the day she got married to this nice guy called Con. He is an accountant, but also a fanatical kickboxer. Now Trace has taken up kickboxing too. Dad could not get the smile off his face, and he gave a speech that brought the house down. Now as the bride's parents, I don't mind paying for the wedding, but could you please stop busting all them plates? <laughs> that being a Greek customer, all right? I suppose as a father, You'd like your daughter to marry one of your own. And let's not beat around the bush. The Greeks have a reputation. At first the Petropolises thought he was having a go at him. But Dad was just saying how much he thought it con. I never thought anyone could love our trace as much as me selling the boys. But there is another person. Con. Smart, polite, fit as a fiddle. And anyone who loves our trace as much as us deserves our love. 
So we love you, Con. We love you. Thank you, and, uh... Calispira. That's good evening. We'd had many top nights, but this was the most top. Pity my oldest brother couldn't be there. His name's Wayne. He's in jail. Eight years for armed robbery. Many people would call him the black sheep of the family. But not mum and dad. He got caught up with the wrong crowd. He didn't mean to rob the petrol station. Now he's sorry. With good behaviour, he'll be out in a couple of years. I visit him every Friday. How's mum? Good. How's dad? Good. How's Trace? Good. How are you? Good. How's Steve? He's alright. Good. Even though he's the oldest and I'm the youngest, we get on great. We can just chat for hours. Thanks for coming, Dale. You want some chewy? No. So as you can see, our family is very close-knit. Even though none of us have a real lot of money, we love giving each other presents. He got a rod and reel from Trace. A rod and reel. I gave him a new muzzle. A muzzle. Wayne sent him an ashtray he'd made in prison shop. An ashtray? Well, I don't smoke. <laughs> and Mum, well, Mum got him a big German beer mug from Franklin Mint. Dad couldn't believe his eyes. It was too good to even drink beer out of. I'd like to do pottery. Oh, you should. You'd be good at it. This is going straight to the pool room. All Dad's most prized possessions are in the pool room. All his mementos and things that remind him of something special. So by him saying it was going straight to the pool room meant that he thought it was special. That is a collector's item. This has been the best Father's Day ever. It makes you want to watch on, doesn't it? <laughs> Daryl Kerrigan, a hero. And uh, that's, that's the account of his son, Dale, talking about how he views his dad. And my question is, what would your kids say about you? But one thing that Daryl exudes and is clear is thankfulness. And, and if, if we want to take one of the two principles, the first one is thankfulness. Daryl is the most thankful person I've ever seen. And, and, and you know, things that might seem trivial, Daryl is thankful for. Lines like, uh, the power lines are a reminder of man's ability to generate electricity. And uh, why would you want to go to a restaurant when this keeps coming out night after night? And Dad can't understand why he got it for such a good price. He's clearly just super thankful. And the Bible says, and, and it's Paul writing in, in Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And what was the key word there is, is thankful. Be thankful for what God has done. Because when you are thankful, you can't be bitter. When you're thankful, you can't be angry. When you're thankful, you can't be a victim. And so I think sometimes Christians can be the most thankless people 
around. You know, it's, oh, you know, the government, the government are doing this and they're, they're, and, and they're doing this and, and my gosh, and, and then that people group is doing this and that people group is doing that, but we don't actually take time to sit back and be thankful for what God has done for us. See, the, the original Sabbath, when God created the earth, six days he worked and then on the seventh he rested. But one important thing happened before he rested. He checked over everything that he had done and it was good. He was thankful for it. He was content with what had happened. And so thankfulness leads to contentment. And Daryl is, uh, is, is the embodiment of contentment. See, Genesis, I said before, Genesis 1.31, he looked over it and saw that it was good. See, one of the purposes of the Sabbath is to look over everything that's happened in your life and find the good parts. Be thankful about the good parts of your life. When was the last time you took 10 minutes to list the things that you can be thankful for? When was the last time you sat Looking at the power lines, just realizing man's ability to generate electricity or, or the blessing that God has brought. You know, and, and it, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, there is always something that you can be thankful for. And, and thankfulness leads to contentment. And, and, and if we can be content, because what, what wars against contentment is, is, is bitterness, it's hardness, it's anger. But when we can move from thankfulness to contentment, then no matter what happens around us, we can still find ourselves in a space where joy can exist. See, your joy will be directly proportional to your ability to be content. Your joy, and your contentment will be directly proportional to the thankfulness that you Exhibit. See, Daryl exemplified this principle. And why does this strike a chord with people? It's because there is something in all of us that likes somebody that regardless of the situation that's going on, they can still be content. They can still be thankful for what is going on around them. And, and he made that statement when he was talking about, uh, about Wayne who was in prison. And, and, you know, it was obviously exaggerated for for cinema but he said it wasn't it wasn't his fault he just got caught up in the wrong crowd he didn't mean to rob the service station and and even though that's kind of tongue in cheek what it highlights is that there can you can still pull some good out of a negative situation you can still pull some thankfulness that would lead to contentment that will set us up for a great Position And 2019, if you're looking for a principle to live your life by, then live your life content. Live your life thankful because thankfulness releases contentment, which releases peace. That scripture says, it says, tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and remember how he said that our house is representative of our hearts. And his peace will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. In that scripture, Paul goes on to say that he can be content in any situation. He can be content whether he has heaps of food or whether he has no food. And I, I actually would argue that it's because he has been able to identify the principle of thankfulness. So before we hit our last 
principle, we're going to watch one more clip and, uh, and then we'll have our last principle and then we'll close and we'll be out of here by ten past with lamingtons in tow. What's your hurry? Get this over and done. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Show me you love me. I don't know, Daryl. This isn't my area. What do you mean this is not your area? This is law. Daryl, the airport wants to buy your place. Hmm. Airports come under federal law. Federal? I just do small stuff. Conveyancing, magistrates. You defended Wayne. Yeah, and he got eight years. Yeah, but you did your best. I mean, you can hold your head up high. He was the one that no, held Darryl, up the Daryl, I don't know anything about this sort of stuff. But they can't do this. I don't know. Maybe they can. They can't. I'll ring around and I'll see what I can find out. Good on you, Dennis. Hey. How is Wayne? Good. Yeah, good. Behaving himself. Any word? Nah, nah. They reckon he's still a couple of years off. I'll let you know. But Dad was never one to bring worries home. Even in the down times, he'd still tell us funny stories about his day. It's a head-on between a mini and a box. <laughs> Dad also had a way of making everyone feel important. Go on, Dale. Tell him. Go on, tell him. Dale dug a hole. Like the time I dug a hole. Start of the patio. Good on you, Dale. And he'd compliment Mum every single night on her cooking. Hello, hello. How's this, boys? Woo-hoo. What do you call this? Chicken. It's got something sprinkled on it. Seasoning. Seasoning. Looks like everybody's kicked a goal. <laughs> I think it's on a loop. So, <laughs> a classic, a classic line. So, you know, the, the, the prin- other principle that Daryl operated in was the principle of encouragement. It was the principle of, of being able to encourage somebody regardless of what they had done. He, go on, Dale, tell him, tell him. Dale dug a hole. Like the time that I dug a hole. And, and I wonder, when was the last time you encouraged somebody who was just doing something that, you know, they to us might seem menial, but to them might release something of excitement in their lives. See, uh, I said at the beginning that, that I reckon that Daryl Kerrigan has a parallel character in Scripture. And, and, and that character is a guy by the name of Barnabas. And, you know, we look at so many biblical heroes. There's so many biblical heroes, David, Moses, all of those guys, and, and they're all great. But I think one hero that gets overlooked is this guy Barnabas. His name literally means son of encouragement. And he's found in the New Testament. And the reason that I think that Barnabas is so important is that the New Testament would not look the way it does had it not been for Barnabas. See, one of the people that Barnabas encouraged was a guy by the name of Paul. And Paul wrote more books in the Bible than anybody else wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. 
And, uh, and, and there's, a, there's a, a timeline in Scripture that isn't necessarily communicated, but Paul has an encounter with Jesus on a road to Damascus, and he's left blind, and, and, and God says, I'm calling you to the Gentiles. But then there's a 10-year gap where Paul is literally just soaking in Scripture. He's seeking after God. And then something happens in, in, a, in a city near Jerusalem. And Barnabas says, hey, there's a guy, and I reckon there's something on him. There's a guy, and I reckon there's something in him. I think that we should get him to come and be a part of this revival that's happening from Jerusalem. And so Barnabas goes and gets Paul and brings him back to Jerusalem. And then the rest is literally history. It is literally biblical history, but it would not, if it had not have been for this encourager, if it had not been for this son of encouragement, who would have known what would have happened to Paul? He might have stayed in Damascus for an extended period of time and not necessarily done anything great, but it was a man who encouraged that released something great into Paul's life. And, and, and so many times we can get fixated on what our problems are, on, on what we need to accomplish, on what we need to go through. But if we're not careful, it just becomes about us and everything revolves around us. But encouragement breaks that cycle. Encouragement breaks the cycle of self. And, uh, you know, and for 2019 to move on and for us to move into it, then I think we need to operate in these two principles that Daryl Kerrigan exhibited without even knowing Scripture. And the first one is thankfulness, but the second one is encouragement. And, and, and we need to make sure that we are encouragement. We are a people who encourage. You see, if we operate in these two principles, I don't think that anybody can push back. Nobody doesn't like somebody who's thankful and nobody doesn't like somebody that encourages them. And we need to be people that operate in encouragement and thankfulness. And, uh, and, and you know, I think that if we want to be influenced, if we want to be salt and life, light, then encouragement is our tool to do that. See, I get a lot of people coming up to me and saying, oh, I, want to, I want to mentor people. I don't think people want to be mentored as much as they want to be encouraged first. Encouragement is the door that will allow you into somebody's life. Then you can make a difference. You can't just say, well, you know, come along with me. I'll make you a better person. But when you encourage somebody, it unlocks something. It it, it, it makes them turn towards you in such a way that you can have a positive impact. And, and who knows what, what that encouragement would do to somebody. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what saying, hey, I heard you dug a hole, good job, mate, would do to them. And, and so sometimes we can, we can get so caught up in our own little world, in our own sense of self, that we don't actually step out and encourage. And so two things that I want to see us as people move out into is that we're people who are thankful. We're people who, who take time regularly. It's an important part of the Sabbath. It's an important part of the rest is that we take time to be thankful for what we have, for what God has done in our lives. And the second thing is that we then take that thankfulness, we take that contentment, and we use that to encourage other people. Just in, it, it might be simple. It might just be something that you don't even think but and, and I think about the, the amount of times that I've just thought to myself oh, I probably should say hey well done but then just kind of forgotten but here's my encouragement to you do it immediately uh, because too many too many too many opportunities go past because you just it, it, it fades out of memory it fades out of time 
And, and who, know what, who knows what that encouragement might have released in that person's life. And see, our greatest encouragement is this, that Jesus came so that we might have salvation. It's the greatest encouragement because it shows that he loved me more than I could even possibly imagine that he would sacrifice his life in advance for me. And, and, and Pastor Tim mentioned earlier that, you know, if you don't know who Jesus is and you've never taken the opportunity to line up your life with his and, and, and to make yourself a follower of his, then I want to give you that opportunity because it would be remiss of me because it's all great to be, it, pr- principles are fantastic, but the person of Jesus Christ pales, makes those two things pale to insignificance. When you know the person of Jesus Christ, you can't help but be thankful. You can't help but encourage. And so if you're here tonight, and I'm just going to ask if everybody could bow your heads and close your eyes just for privacy, because this is a sacred moment between you and God. I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never said, hey, I want to be a follower of Christ, I want to follow after Him, then I want to give you that opportunity tonight. And just with nobody looking around, If that's you tonight and you're here and you say, I want to be one of his followers, I want want to align my life with him, then just flick me a wave and and that's all good. Just raise your right hand. I I don't want to leave this service without giving you that opportunity. If not, I'll pray for us all. Lord, I thank you that you are the ultimate encourager and we have so much to be thankful for. And I pray that as we go about 2019, that Lord, the two things that would define it would be that we would be people of thankfulness, people of contentment, and also we'd be people who encourage, people who release things over people's lives. And Lord, I pray that for those who are feeling down, for those who who are feeling behind the eight ball, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit, who is the great encourager, to lift up, to breathe life into. And, and Lord, I just ask that for anybody that's feeling tired, I pray that, that, that there would be an encouragement that would come from heaven that would build them up in Jesus' name. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 